0: planning and the way out of lockdown for hospitality. You're listening to the Planning, Environment, and Property podcast, brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers. I'm Richard Harwood. I'm a barrister, a QC at 39 Essex Chambers. The leisure and hospitality sectors have had a particularly horrible 12 months in the COVID pandemic. In the first lockdown, The economic value generated by accommodation and food services fell by 90%. Over 60% of accommodation and food businesses have paused trading in the current lockdown. This comes at a huge human cost. 1.6 million people were furloughed in the sector in the first lockdown. These businesses are presently shut down or operating under severe restrictions. In Chambers, we are pleased to have been able to help the excellent coffee shop, Press Coffee, which is on the ground floor of our building on Chancery Lane to keep going. Please do drop in and see them if you are nearby. Now, moving out of lockdown will be difficult. Some sectors will be restricted to outdoor activities only for a period, such as hospitality, and even following the end of lockdown, social distancing measures may reduce capacity, particularly indoors. The English weather as we all know is capable of being cold and wet even in spring and summer. Enlarged outdoor areas and greater shelter will assist trade. There's likely to be increased demand for visiting and holidaying in the UK and attractions and hospitality need to be able to make the best of these opportunities. Concerns about the difficulties in getting temporary shelters and pavement licenses were being raised at the in the press at the end of February, as the Daily Mail talked of sabotaging plans for Alfresco April. On the 5th of March, Robert Jenrick, MP, the Secretary of State for Communities and Local Government, wrote to local authorities about new measures to help the sectors. He also covered these points in an article in The Sun on Sunday that following weekend. Now, in response to COVID, measures were taken in 2020 and extended into 2021 in the Business and Planning Act uh, 2020 which dealing with street licensing and also in changes to permitted development rights concerned with takeaway uses, temporary use of land and some wider use classes. Ministerial statements have encouraged pragmatic decision-making so the government response in planning legislation and policy the pandemic has been quick and imaginative. I want to talk about some of those aspects. Firstly, one of the earliest Covid planning responses was to allow a change of use of restaurants, cafes, pubs, wine bars and other drinking establishments to food takeaways. This was originally to run until the 23rd of March 2021 but the period has been extended to the 23rd of March, 2022. And the Minister says he is considering making this right permanent. Such a use does not affect the existing use of the building and land. In this context, takeaway includes hot food takeaway, what used to be known as use class A5, and the provision of hot or cold food that has been prepared for customers for collection or delivery be consumed, reheated, or cooked by the customers off the premises. The Business and Planning Act provides for pavement licences to put removable furniture on part of the highway to sell, serve, or for the consumption of food or drink supplied from or in connection with adjacent premises. So it allows pubs, restaurants, and cafes to extend onto adjoining pavements and roads. The licence also amounts to planning permission for the use and stationing of the furniture. The local authority may require a fee of up to 100 pounds. The licences granted last year were either until the 30th of September, 2021, or to a shorter period as stated in the licence. Now many businesses are having to reapply for licences and the minister is asking local authorities not to charge a fee. Uh, Secondly, Robert Jenrick has said that he intends to make regulations extending the duration of the license provisions from the 30th of September 2021 to September 2022. Long established permitted development rights under part four class B of the General Permitted Development Order 2015 authorize a temporary change of use of land for up to 28 days a year. As a response to the pandemic, an additional 28 days are authorised by the new part four class BA. Class BA was originally introduced for the remainder of 2020, but it's been extended to authorise 28 days use in the 2021 calendar year. In both cases, movable structures may be cited for these new uses. There are though limitations, including that whilst the temporary uses can include camping and tents, they do not include use as a caravan site. The new right in class BA, allows the change of use of any open land, uh, including land which is within the curtilage of a building, provided it is not a listed building. However, the 28-day period in class B, the original right, only applies to land which is outside the curtilage of any building. Another factor that comes up is the question of temporary shelters. With the British weather, uh, some form of shelter is likely to be needed for outdoor uses at pubs, restaurants, cafes, leisure operations uh, and attractions. It's useful to consider firstly whether planning permission is needed and then pick up on the permitted development rights, or their absence of those rights, uh, and finally to see what may be introduced. Planning permission is required for two types of activities. The carrying out of building, engineering, mining or other operations, what's known as operational development, or the making of a material change of the use of land. If land is in a lawful use, then items can be brought onto the land, as part of that use without planning permission, provided that they are not themselves operational development. Uh, the definition of building, which is what tends to be looked at for deciding whether something is a building operation, is quite wide, including whether something is a structure or an erection. Uh, whether something is a building is judged by a threefold test of size, permanence and degree of annexation. This is referred to as the Skerrits test from a case where the Court of Appeal upheld as lawful. A planning inspector's decision as a large seven bay marquee, which measured 40 metres by 17 metres and was about five metres in height. Uh, It took several days to erect and it sat on plate spiked into the ground. Uh, It was there between February and October each year. The Court of Appeal upheld. um, The inspector's view that that was a building operation amounting to operational development and so needed planning permission in its own right. Since the Skerritt's judgment, it's been assumed, I think assumed is a fair way of describing these cases, assumed in a number of cases, that marquees have required planning permission. In one case in addition, a planning inspector found umbrellas and panels had been assembled together at a shisha lounge to create a building and that judgment by the inspector was upheld in the High Court. Now, it has to be remembered that Skerritt's was at the larger and more permanent end of potential structures. It doesn't follow that all marquees will need planning permission. Generally speaking the position is this. Firstly, movable objects will not need planning permission if they are part of a lawful use. For example tables, chairs, umbrellas, heaters, barriers uh, or bench tables. Secondly, larger objects which can be readily moved on or off in one piece and rests on the ground such as caravans, portable toilets, portable showers, wheeled kiosks, and booths will usually not be operational development. There may though be some pre-assembled structures which are not generally intended to be moved, such as arbors or summer houses. It might be that those are sufficiently permanent to be buildings. But thirdly, large items which need assembly on site in a manner similar to the work of a builder may need planning permission. A shelter that's put together by a carpenter is likely to be a building. And the status of marquees and tents will vary. It seems to me that erecting a marquee in a house's garden for a wedding reception uh, would not be the erection of a building. It's simply not going to be up there long enough. However, erecting uh, and keeping a large marquee up for several months might be a building, as was the case in Skerrits. Hospitality users do not benefit from permitted development rights. So whilst a temporary use of land under part four classes B or BA is able to site movable structures such as portable toilets under those permitted development rights, existing uses uh, cannot rely on those. A pub garden or car park would usually be already in the public house use. Um, so could not rely on the temporary rights to site movable structures. There will though be the question whether a movable structure is actually uh, operational development and as we've discussed uh, it's relatively unlikely that it will be. But in any event there are no temporary rights to site buildings or non-movable structures. So if a marquee or temporary shelter needs planning permission as operational development, that can only be obtained by making a planning application. Deciding whether planning permission is required is difficult and so businesses may make unnecessary planning applications or be reluctant to try. Outdoor shelter would be needed in the period before inside opening is allowed and also to provide more capacity in COVID secure premises and encourage trade once there's a more general opening up. So there is quite a bit of discussion at the moment about broadening permitted development rights to enable uh, pubs and the like to put up temporary structures where they might need planning permission otherwise. In a webinar on the 23rd of February, I was able to discuss the way planning can help these sectors and potential reforms with Selina Cahoon, who's a colleague of mine at 39 Essex Chambers, and Nick Laster, an operational director at RPS, who does a huge amount of work in the leisure and mobile home sectors. If you want to follow up these issues further, a recording of the webinar and slides is in our webinar archive at www.39essex.com. I've also written an article, which is again, on our Chamber's website. Finally, it may be useful to keep in mind sensible conduct and enforcement. Businesses need to be able to maximise their opportunities to trade, and people would like to enjoy themselves. Provided that it does not cause disturbance to neighbours or damage to ecological landscape or heritage interests, they ought to be able to do so. A series of ministerial statements on the pandemic have encouraged pragmatic local authority decision-making and enforcement. Local authorities should act proportionately in their enforcement roles. The leisure and hospitality sectors have suffered a dreadful 12 months in the pandemic. They deserve every chance to build back businesses and jobs. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.